You're now listening to The Electrical Current, a podcast series brought to you by the independent electrical contractors. Welcome to the second season of the IEC National Podcast Series, The Electrical Current. I'm your host for the show, IEC National CEO, Spencer Vilwalk. During this podcast series, we will talk with folks throughout America that help to make the electrical and systems contracting industry truly great. Today, our featured guest is John Cromer. He's the Safety Services Supervisor at Pinnacle Insurance in, in the uh, Colorado, Denver, and, and uh, Colorado Springs area. Sorry about that, John. Um, John knows the electrical trade. He is a trained electrician, serving in the field for several years as a safety specialist. And from his experience in the field, he has a pretty amazing story that I hope we'll talk a little bit about today. And I'll only say that from that experience, it helped to propel his life into the many assurances of safety and education for so many across the mountain states. He's been an instructor at his local chapter, IEC Southern Colorado, and has also served on their local leadership team. I'd like to welcome my friend and tremendous expert in safety, Mr. John Cromer, to IEC's podcast, The Electrical Current. Welcome, John. Hi, Spencer. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored that uh, you have reached out to me. I, although uh, I do reside in Colorado, I, I miss uh, the pleasant opportunities we had working together uh, at the IEC Rocky Mountain chapter a as well. Ab absolutely. Yes, yes. And, and uh, I've had the opportunity to be able to see you um, when we travel back to Colorado for different, uh, different reasons, including you know, uh, graduation ceremonies and things like that. So, right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and sorry about, yeah, I, I yeah. was going to say Denver, Colorado, which is where Pinnacle is, is uh, main offices right. are. But yeah. however, you are in uh, the southern Colorado area down in, in the Springs. Yeah, I, I, my permanent residence is down in the Springs, but mm -hmm. I certainly have been up and down the I-25 front range corridor <laughs> numerous times. And, um, you know, Fort Collins to uh, Castle Rock, Color Springs, Pueblo, and even some of our uh, ski resort communities, Steamboat Springs, Breckenridge, you know, Vale Valley areas, and... Mm. Uh, Got you know Gunnison, Salida, mm. yeah, uh, yeah, and even uh, with my prior um, employer, uh, the electrical contractor, we used to yeah. even get down to Telluride, Colorado, which nice. is a gorgeous part of oh. the Southwest state. All very much God's country that uh, you get very out, much traverse, yeah. and that's great. <laughs> that's great. Well, well, John, yeah. let, let's start a little bit about uh, on that historical path. Um, share share a little bit with uh, the IEC community here about you know where'd you grow up and and help to lead us on that sure. pathway to where you're at today. Yeah, thank you. Um, I remember sitting on the uh, dining room floor, living room floor, mm -hmm. uh, at the, I was 19 years old, yeah. and I was glancing at the classifieds in the local newspaper, uh -huh. and I, I saw an uh, advertisement for uh, an electrical contractor who was hiring uh, first-year apprentices, and I yeah. thought, hmm, that sounds fascinating. Yeah. Uh, you know, electrical seems like a foreign concept to me, uh, and yet a very much needed skill mm -hmm. for the community and the population uh, at, at large. So, you know, I had recently graduated from high school uh, where I grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado, mm -hmm. and I had dabbled in typical 
teenage ventures, uh, you know, lawn Uh-oh. maintenance, and, you know, <laughs> paint. Yeah, right. You know, painting and uh, raking leaves in the fall, and um, and while you know, I I had a great uh, high school education um, and was even enrolled in various uh, honors and advanced classes and mm-hmm. uh, had an acad- I had uh, an academic mind. I also had a draw to produce something of value uh, mechanically and produce something that is uh, tactile and kinesthetic, mm. right? Something right. that I can look at and say, with my own two hands, I did that. I went to work. We built that together. And right. uh, it just seemed, it seemed practical, right? Right, uh, right. This, this, this you know, um, higher education brings very much value to certain aspects of our society, and yet, uh, I, I was drawn to explore a, another career path that would give me lifelong skills. Mm-hmm. Now, reflecting back, uh, I can say that, yes, it gave me lifelong skills, but at the moment, I just thought, well, electrical seems pragmatic. It seems, seems cool. very yeah. much, yeah, hmm. right, very much uh, a need that also, what I didn't know at the time, but reflecting back, Electrical also is a intellectual uh, and scientific um, yes. profession, yes, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. So, and that's that's one of the attractants to that skilled trade is that you are able to use both your mind and your body, uh, and you get that yep. symbiotic relationship of. Uh, and challenge each day right. that when you put your tools, you know, when you put your tools on, you're you're providing a method for electrons to flow, mm. and control of that energy provides our world with the energy they demand right. for the luxuries we enjoy every yes. day. It's yes. a fascinating thing to contemplate. It really is. It really is. And 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 they yeah they. So it's fascinating the way that you describe it because it is. It's I believe it's it's the full integration rather than, you know, a lot of um, a lot of higher education then is is uh, very uh, theoretical in nature and and um, um, positions you for uh, neck up career opportunities, um, if you will. Yeah. And and this is a full integration of of you know the entirety of of, of uh, absolutely. Uh, challenges you know that 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 uh keep you up at night <laughs> you know to try and figure <laughs> yeah. out um sure. how to do certain projects as well as then the integration of the full body not not just that neck up work but right you know neck up and neck down um and uh right. and wow it sounds like it just really was a, a career path that that stimulated and and spoke to you in, in different ways as you were uh, laying on the on the the living room floor uh, as a as a recent <laughs> yeah. graduate, yeah. Were, you were at your folks' house or, or something there in, in in Colorado Springs, or what, you know, like, I was, yeah. yeah so huh. right, you know, and at the time I had so, you know, after I ventured into the typical teenage exploratory career yeah. paths, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I did also work at a uh, check uh, personal check company uh-huh. um, that was nationally recognized, uh, based out of Colorado Springs huh. and, you know, they were very successful, um, and, and had a huge manufacturing facility and they, I was in the customer service department. Um, and so I did hmm. that for about a year and a half and I just realized, you know, that 
this is not going to be for me right, full right. time forever. So, right. Yeah, and so that's where I, I saw the advertisement for the electrical contractor hiring first-year apprentices. I yeah. went and interviewed with the HR director, mm-hmm. um, and February 3rd of 2003, I was hired on as a first-year electrical apprentice. Awesome. Actually, I think I was hired, yeah, I was actually hired January 31st, and then my first day on the job was February 3rd, February 3rd. 2003. Wow. Yeah, and huh. uh, the first project I had, you know, of course, uh, this contractor was reputable. They they provided me with uh, an orientation. Mm-hmm. They provided me with a, a hard hat, safety glasses, uh, high-visibility vest, and, and uh, uh, advised me of what to expect. Uh, before I even entered on my, before I ever set foot uh, on the job the first day, they appropriately oriented me, mm-hmm. and I went. Uh, I went to work for um, one of uh, the larger prestigious general contractors on a job with uh, with them here in the local Colorado area, and we built the um, a special golf course. Uh, outside of Castle Rock, Colorado, that's yeah. uh, a very well-known uh, charitable golf course, huh. and it, yeah, it was uh, quite an experience. So I, I had an opportunity to not only get into the trade with a reputable contractor, but I also was able to set foot on a really an award-winning project. Right. That, right. You know. Yeah. So that was neat to see yeah. first out of the what gate. A, yeah, what a, what a great great opportunity then to really open your eyes to and, and to be involved, to sink into the soil, uh, literally, uh, and, and, right. uh, and, and really yeah, get, uh, get to start to understand the breadth of the challenge of, of the career path that, that you're on, which, right. which I think I, I wanted to touch on too, is you, you mentioned that the, um, the Czech uh, company that you worked for for a little while and you kind of got to that point yeah. where you were, you know, like, okay, this is great. I could do this, but, and, and it, I think it yeah. speaks to the delineation, um, that's, that's a, a paradigm to, to look through and, uh, of a, a job versus a career and, and that right. those, those two are, are, um, you know, uh, mutually exclusive in, in a way of, of that, right. you know, jobs are, um, um, is, is perhaps what you were in, uh, it sounds like, in, in that, uh, with a Czech company, as compared to then the career yeah. path within the electrical field, um, which is all constantly growing, constantly changing, and, and different challenges coming along, and you can continue to ascend in, in so many different ways. Um, of which then That's you right. did, you did, and, and you, you, uh-huh. you know, John, I think, um, I alluded to this this piece too within the the introduction and and um, you know that that as you worked as a young apprentice on several different jobs and then there was an incident that that did occur while um, yeah. you're an electrician on job site. Could you share a little bit about that, please? Sure. Yeah. Thank you for asking. I yeah. So I had progressed through uh, four years of um, the apprenticeship mm-hmm. and certainly matriculated through uh, the IEC curriculum at yes. that time yeah. and uh, graduated from, um, actually, I take that back. I had not yet graduated, uh, but I was about to graduate from the IEC. Your fourth uh, year. Fourth Southern year Colorado chapter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was a fourth year apprentice, but I, didn't I had enough that. hours. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, well, I actually, I had enough hours accumulated that through the Colorado Department of Regulatory Agency, mm-hmm. I was able to, te- yeah, I was able to test for my journeyman license mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in in a- April of 2007. Yeah. 
So um, I had recently tested and taken the exam and passed mm -hmm. and acquired uh, my journeyman license. And while I was uh, motivated and enthusiastic to showcase talent and skill to my employer, right? I, I wanted to please the boss. You know, you right. want to you right. do a good job. You, wa you want to show that you are motivated because uh, as a young man in the, in the, in the trade, um, I wanted to succeed and I wanted to do uh, worthwhile work. So I had been given the opportunity to lead a uh, electrical installation for an auditorium hmm. in a local high school. Yeah. yeah. So it was yeah. a high school that was being built, mm -hmm. new ground up commercial, you know, commercial construction. Right. And uh, with that, mindset and heart of enthusiasm to produce things uh, promptly and efficiently. Um, I had chosen to uh, get on a scissor lift mm -hmm. and this, uh, you know, so scissor lift, you know, powered mobile scaffold that right. uh, OSHA would call them, <laughs> right. you know, these scissor lifts, you know, they're, they're very commonly used in uh, construction and most mm -hmm. people are familiar right. with them, but right. uh, this, yeah, this, yeah, this particular scissor lift goes up about 20 feet mm -hmm. and uh, elevation. Um, and I had situated the scissor lift in a, a way that uh, was right up next to a, a wall. Mm -hmm. And this, I mean, it was a concrete wall. It was mm -hmm. precast wall uh, structure. Yeah. And so the, the scissor lift was right up next tight to a wall, and yet uh, the floor where the scissor lift was being operated, the floor had a two inch drop off. Okay. So just imagine it was, you know, it was only two inches and it yeah. was architect. It was architecturally designed to accommodate the installation of a hardwood floor. Mm. On a stage. Okay. Like, okay. You know, you, sure. You know, yeah. Yeah. They, they, and they had not installed the solid maple wood floor. Yet. Right. Right. Auditorium. Yeah. 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 In the auditorium. So, mm. um, I had the scissor lift fully elevated and, uh, in this particular case, I chose to operate it while, while it was up in the air. Mm. And as you can imagine, uh, with one side of the scissor lift being tied up against the wall, um, I thought, well, I, I need to move away from it just very briefly or, yeah. or just make a, a slight adjustment. Mm -hmm. And I had, you know, I had been working on installing some LED uh, wall mount lights okay. down below that were only about two feet above the wall, uh, the finished floor. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure that I wouldn't cause any damage to these nice LED fixtures. Right. And you just got so done with making, working on you know, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. I just got done working on them. So I had uh, chosen to make an adjustment uh, with the joystick controls of the scissor lift yeah. uh, while it was elevated 20, 20 feet in the air. And one of those wheels on the scissor lift below uh, rolled off that two-inch mm. drop-off. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, um, and so the center of gravity did uh, become displaced, right. and the yeah, so uh, just a couple degrees of movement caused about 15 inches of scissor lift to to move over, and that center of gravity uh, displacement was enough to cause the lift to tip over. Mm. And uh, now I'll give you another little piece of information mm. here. I had a I had a full body harness on, right? A personal yep. fall arrest system. Yep. And this, yeah. So this personal fall arrest system included a typical six foot 
uh, lanyard, right, and right. I had it. Yeah, I, I had it uh, attached. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had it clipped onto the scissor lift, and so as the scissor lift tipped over, um, I actually uh, just out of response yeah. to this quickly jostling movement, I reached out and grabbed onto a railing of a catwalk that. Mm-hmm. That had been, you know, hung from the ceiling from the uh, uh, gridiron, yeah. uh, from the bar joist up above it. Yeah, and I was hanging onto this catwalk railing, and then I remembered, oh no, you're clipped in, man. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, I, I remember the the pulling and jangling uh, uh. of weight and the the jangling of metal, and um, the next instant my mind is functioning fine, but I wake up and you know my my jaw is severely displaced mm. and my leg. You know, my legs are experiencing excruciating pain. Mm. Um, there's blood gushing out of my chin. Mm. And, you know, there's people uh, suddenly yelling and, and running around uh, calling for help. Yeah. Um, so it was a, a very unfortunate event. And, you know, it's my fault. I take full responsibility for operating that lift uh, while it was elevated near yeah. a hazard. You know, yeah. I... A lot of people say, oh, well, you shouldn't have been tied off to the lift. That's the whole, and I'm like, well, yeah, you could make that um, argument. Mm-hmm. And but I would like to accentuate the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, I still chose to operate that lift right. In, right. in an unsafe fashion. Right. And I should not have done that. So, oh, gosh. Mm. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I did get to take a, uh, a free, well, I don't know if it was free, but I did get to take a helicopter not free john (laughs) (laughs) no it definitely wasn't um and not the not the helicopter ride you want to take either so no it really wasn't yeah wow yeah but it was a a very catastrophic event for me it was a catastrophic event for the community and uh, my employer you know i felt terrible i had made that decision and I I wanted to rectify it in mm-hmm. any way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was uh, motivated to heal up and get better. Yeah. yeah. And um, after, of course, spending time in the hospital yeah. and go, going through surgery and recovering at home, mm-hmm. I actually also stayed with some friends. And, mm-hmm. You know, I was in a wheelchair for six weeks. And, Were you? Wow. And then I was on crutches. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I had to eat. I had to eat through a straw because my mouth was wired shut so that my jaw could, yeah, the mandible had been broken and Mm. the left temporal mandibular joint had been broken. And, you know, they had to do uh, intramedullary rottage through my right femur and my left tibia, which means they basically drill a hole in the end of your bone and Mm -hmm. they hammer a titanium rod into that void. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. right. And then they pin it back together with some special... Uh, medical grade fasteners mm-hmm. <laughs> you know this was quite an experience for me i was wow. 23 years old yeah um and i was certainly not expecting that right. uh, to happen right um and of course i felt terrible because i'm like oh my gosh i i should have made a better choice and yeah. i so re- you know reflecting back uh it, you know it's not not my employer's fault it wasn't uh the the contractor's fault and yeah. and while yes you know there's there's always things that some people say, oh, well, the contractor should have had temporary flooring down to make sure that, that everything two inch, the yeah, level. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. right. So, yeah, you, you could make those arguments. But, Spencer, I've never been one to uh, cast 
explained. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Understood. Uh, at the at at the you know, in, as a safety professional, you do root cause analyses. Right. 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 And during a root cause analysis, there's always multiple contributing factors right. to, to an incident. And, you know, I, I really, me personally, I believe that the root cause of that incident was, was my, my decision to, to do something unsafely. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's other things, you know, other things that employers could always do that, whether it be make the place more safe or provide right. training or right. something like that. But, right. Yeah, so uh, hmm. as I was recovering in the uh, in the condition I was in, I mm-hmm. I was on crutches, you know, and I'm I'm helping out on return to work modified duty at mm-hmm. the office. I um, Spencer, I, I had an opportunity to work with our estimating pre construction team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know that that was a, a unique experience, and so while I was rolling off. <laughs> linear feet uh, on the plans and counting receptacles and switches and devices on these architectural plans, our HR and, and safety manager asked me and said, hey, well, you know, we do have that safety specialist position still open. Mm-hmm. Would that be of interest to you? Yeah. So I thought about that, and I was like, gosh, you know, I just tested out for my journeyman's license. I was on this whole career path, and I was looking forward to becoming a service technician, mm-hmm. a superintendent, uh, maybe a project manager, maybe a guy that works in the AutoCAD department. And I, I was really looking forward to all of this. And then I thought right. maybe towards the end of my career, yeah, maybe safety. I could That'd do something like that. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so lo and behold, you know, I'm 23 years old. And fortunately, my employer thought uh, well enough of me to mm-hmm. provide an opportunity. You know, they, they didn't have to provide this opportunity, yeah, yeah. but they, you know, they said, Hey, you know, we have this position open. And so I had to interview and had to apply for the position. And, um, you know, that's always nerve wracking as, you know, as you can imagine going yeah. before owners and, and executives and directors and managers. But, uh, I got the job. Yeah. I got the, I got the job as a safety specialist mm-hmm. for, a uh, commercial electrical contractor. And my first day in October of 2007, mm-hmm. my first day as a safety specialist, I was given the copy of NFPA 70E. 70E, and, yeah, baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent the whole day, you know, reviewing that uh, reference and really, you know, learned a lot. Yeah. From that From that day going forward, it, it's, uh, I've never... I've never looked back longing to go back into the field, but I've always looked forward to aspire to create an impact, to create um, a message that because of my experience and because of my decisions, I still can choose to make a career Mm. based on my electrical experiences, you know, if it had not been for the IEC, if it had not been for uh, my employer, mm-hmm. those were the ca- those were the catalysts to start me in another uh, profession right. of right. occupational safety and health. And I never had thought about even exploring that as a full time profession. Right, right, right. In, so I, I don't mean to be long-winded, no, Spencer, no, but please interject if, yeah. if you have something to add. <laughs> <laughs> I will, John. Um, 
but it, but it yeah it's it's fascinating because i mean you're right and and so the whole the whole incident really is is yeah it, it, i i like the way that you've i mean it's very healthy the way that you've resolved it and and that's um and that really it's it's been it yeah. it allowed for a career change and opportunity or not a career change but a change in the trajectory yeah. of where you thought you were headed and right. um then then as a result also of of some of your personal experience in in the incident you're able to then yeah. help others um through that example yeah so that they can um I mean, I, I guess, John, I, you know, from outsider looking in, it's it's the efficiencies of, of uh, or the laziness, if you will, of our mind to make decisions as to when you're fully extended yeah. on the scissor lift to realize, I got this. Yeah. I'm comfortable yeah. with this. I've been doing this. I'm at the right. top of my game. Yeah. And and also yeah. to think about yeah, the, the, the hazard analysis of like, well, I know there's a two inch gap down there, but yeah. two inches you know it, and, yeah, yeah. like and you and and what we what do we do in that split second we negotiate with ourselves it might go against our better judgment we but we negotiate with ourselves and then we make a decision and then you know sometimes we uh nothing happens yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes yeah. yeah major incidents happen such as is what you suffered through and Right, and, but but and I really appreciate you sharing um, you know the, the the story and the details around it because it's it's so lucid it's so very lucid that these are yeah. all decisions that we all make every day, and and right. and again ninety ninety five times out of a hundred if we cut those corners maybe we'll be okay but is that five percent window really worth it at the end of the day and and I think you're right you and, know yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. And to add to what you're saying, I have since learned of a term from a yeah. uh, sociologist who's a, she's a PhD for uh, Columbia University mm-hmm. and her name is Diane Vaughn and Vaughn? she okay. yeah. wrote, yeah, Diane Vaughn. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a book titled the challenger launch decision. Mm-hmm. I read the book. Oh, very yeah. good. It's very technical. Yeah. Um, and so she did, 10 years of research on the uh, fateful, um, you know, decision right. uh, that was to uh, launch the Space Challenger Space Shuttle. Space shuttle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so, um, but she coins the term uh, normalization of deviance. Right, right. And, right. you know, so people are so accustomed to a deviance that they don't consider it as deviant despite the fact that it far exceeds their own elementary rules for safety. Right. And that's Diane Vaughn's words. Right. And, you know, that um, I realized it was a revelation for me, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, this normalization of deviance, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that yes. was me. Yes. I, I chose to operate a piece of equipment that I had been doing for 48 months prior with no problem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I chose to take a risk. It was normal in my mind, and yet it resulted in this one instance right. in, a, in a catastrophe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really truly. If if you saw the pictures, I I'm lucky I I live. I uh, I mean, I can know, only imagine. I can only yeah. imagine, John, and and or it know, could have been ca- uh, para- paraplegic correct. or quadriplegic the rest of my life. Correct. Yeah. Correct. You know, any any number of things can happen, but but that that um. 
you know that yeah. you can't you can't always think about yeah the the what ifs in, in there either um but but now right. I think about you know the the what did you do uh, as a result of you know where did it propel you further and and so you got that opportunity um to to be able to yeah. then shift over into into HR and safety helping to then create more right. of a safety culture and and that that I think is also yeah. a topic that I I'd, I'd uh, be curious to to learn your your perspective on too, and because now you've 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 ventured from uh, the contracting world, and now you're working for uh, Pinnacle Assurance, um, which uh, right. is a, a, a major provider uh, of of insurance uh, in uh, the greater Colorado uh, and, and Mountain State region. Um, and right. and and you're also you continue to be focused on safety and loss prevention. Um, so, I so, do. Yeah, tell yeah. us tell us a little bit about you know yeah, Pinnacle, kind of some of your roles, responsibilities, and and then we'll start dabbling into um, you know yeah what what you how the values uh, and, and the 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 um, knowledge that you bring to different job sites uh, through that role in helping to create that safety culture. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's, that's like question. seven. That was like seven point question. I think. John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, sure. You know, first, I, I do want to touch on your comment about safety culture. Yeah. Early on, uh, when I transitioned to a safety specialist, it was taught to me and through the reading I had done, mm-hmm. whether it be OSHA's website or other um, I connected with people, Spencer, and what I mean by that is I took the time to learn everyone's names Mm -hmm. on a job site. I took the time to reach out to superintendents and ask them, what do you need? And then listen. Now, I'm not perfect. You know, I did make mistakes, and there were times I, you know, I would show up on a job site and somebody would be like, hey, we asked for this. Where is that? I'm like, oh, gosh, well, uh, we missed that one, so we'll have to get it. Uh, mm-hmm. But the time, what what's important to me in my heart was to connect with people. The people, yeah. Because OSHA regulations, Code of Federal Regulations, 19, you know, 26, 1910, subpart mm-hmm. K, subpart S, well, all right. this stuff, that, all these things we have written down that regulate our lives and our businesses, they are there for a reason, of course, but you know what? You might as well throw it off the shelf and in the trash can unless you connect with your folks hmm. and your teams to help them understand the why. The why. Why does yeah. this, yeah, and the <laughs> how does this safety rule bring any value to me to get that job done? Right, right. And that piece is it's not easy, right? It's right. sociology. Yep. Yep. There's a, there, and that's the practitioner of safety. It's, it's regulatory partly. Mm-hmm. It's sociology. It's psychology. Mm-hmm. It's engineering. Yep. It's you know, math, math. It's uh, data analysis. Mm-hmm. And the, but I truly believe that the culture piece is the most important because all of that other engineering, mathematics, and regulations, all of that stuff, will only work if your team members believe in the mission. They believe in it, right. And right. Yeah, so if, if they believe in it and they understand the why mm-hmm. and the value of that safety rule and me and my profession. I mean, 
take the National Electric Code, for example. Gosh, that thing has been around for how many years mm -hmm. and has how many code-making panels? Right, And right. so many people are contributing ideas to the NEC. Well, you know, that's for the safekeeping of property. It's not for the untrained or unqualified person, right? It's not for your neighbor to just go in and start doing electrical work. I mean, it takes years of skill and knowledge to learn the NEC. And I learned that, oh, my gosh, it takes years and and skills and knowledge to learn how to be a safety professional, too. And the most important aspect was connecting with people mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. So you might ask, well, how did you do that, John? Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it, it was challenging. Um, I, I drove a lot. <laughs> I talked with people. Yeah. Uh, we took a barbecue wagon. Yeah, we took a barbecue wagon out to job sites, mm -hmm. and we had uh, we had celebrations. We recognized people's contributions to the team. We recognized people um, if they went and had an OSHA inspection without any citations. We would haul the barbecue wagon out, and we'd we'd flip some burgers, and we'd <laughs> hand out shirts and hats. It was fun. We we tried to make safety fun. And right, right. Certainly, I wasn't per you know I wasn't perfect at it, and I made mistakes, and I could have done better. And I and yet I still knew that if I could just try to connect with my team members the apprentices, the journeymen, the leaders mm -hmm. out in the field, mm -hmm. if I could make a connection with them and help them see that my intent was that I cared for them, not as the uh, safety uh, uh, police. Enforcer, right? yeah. Yeah. It, it, right. yeah, it wasn't It wasn't just my role to be a, a safety enforcement right. agency right. or department. It was my role to show that I cared for them yeah. And that the reason we have these rules was so that mm. we don't have another incident like mine, for example. Right, right. I don't want this to happen again or to anybody else. Right. The, well, getting yeah. At, yeah, getting at that why is 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 absolutely critical. Yeah. So you don't look at it, you know, with with, with regulations and, and guidelines. Sometimes you can choose to look sure. at it as these are parameters that we need to live um, through if you will. And, and the same could be said of, of National Electric Code. Okay, this is what the code says. But to right. be able to deepen that knowledge and understanding, which is what we do in the IEC you know, uh, curriculum, to be able to yeah. deepen the, in, the understanding as to the, the theory and the principles behind all of that, the why. Right, right. Creates and a stronger, that, you know, like more, you know, more knowledgeable human being, so that they can make the best decisions sure. that they possibly can, and and know the why. Sure. And, and yeah, so it, it, I love, I love what you're saying. It's, it's, you're Good. right. Well, it is, I'm glad we're the mix the mix of psychology the and everything. Here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel the synergy. It's good. I, I totally agree, Spencer. And yeah. I, I to support what you're saying, is the fact that it's also that adult learning component yeah you know yeah <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna dovetail and i'll get to pinnacle assurance in a minute here but i'm gonna dovetail in the fact that i do instruct at the independent electrical contractors southern colorado chapter yeah. i have been for six years now um and gosh what a uh, organic experience i guess you could call it mm -hmm. for me to to kind of go back to the roots of my trade and right, skills right. that I learned and to go back to uh, the school and contribute to these first year electrical apprentices mm -hmm. to contribute to their learning. Yeah. And like you just said, is that, uh, you know, they, they do, adults need to understand why we're doing something. Mm -hmm. And 
that is the same with learning Ohm's law. That's mm-hmm. the same series parallel circuit. How am I going to use this in the field, right? right. There's these really, you know, core fundamental questions that adults need to understand. And as an instructor, you have to validate that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, after having gone through the IEC curriculum and now teaching the IEC curriculum, um, gosh, we have made strides in the, the quality of the mm-hmm. curriculum that mm-hmm. these, appren- these apprentices uh, receive, and it's foundational knowledge, Absolutely. like you mentioned. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. yeah, that aspect of, I think, yeah, addressing uh, an adult learner, I think you're right, too, within that, that piece. And I, as you were saying that, too, I was even thinking about um, you know, my own educational experience in the K-12 system. And, and there were a lot of things in sure. which then, and, and even, even today, right, is, is teach for the test. Uh, and, and, sure. and recitation and, and memorization does not yeah. wisdom create? <laughs> you, you, you know, and I, I, I'm now I kind of sound like Yoda, but um, but but I think you you see the thread I'm pulling on okay. here is is that yeah. that that to to truly um, teach a person um, it, it needs to get at that fundamental piece of why, and and I think that you're right that they are the the you know the IEC takes that approach to the curriculum, but but I want to steer it back to um, the cultural aspects that you're you're talking about from developing that safety culture is you you yeah, being being serious about it, setting that example and and empowering right. people with the knowledge as to why. So that it becomes yeah. pervasive, and you get the buy-in, and you get that understanding, so people then can make the best decisions they can to to protect themselves, others around them, property, uh, right. etc. Um, it right. Just, it's it's really it's it's interesting. I just I just like your perspective on things, John. The way that you share that. Piece okay. And, um, and I think it's it's very potent and, and resonates a lot with with a lot of the safety directors around IEC companies across the country as well. Um, I want to I want to ask too on on um, you know you you work with a lot of contractors then um, through uh, Pinnacle Assurance and um, right. you know is there is there a uh, you know how how can you you know if a if, if a company is looking to adopt a stronger safety culture. Um, how do you approach that? You know, are there are best practices or, or any tips that you can share um, for somebody that might not be in your, your service area um, within you know, the Colorado region, um, but that could learn from uh, from your uh, field experience and wisdom? Sure, that's, that's a great question, Spencer. It so I used to summarize it in into four cornerstones. Mm-hmm of the foundation and you know there, there are so many perspectives and uh, so many different thoughts on culture I mean it, it, it's almost yeah. esoteric right yes. it's like correct. It, it, correct because it's in it's intangible correct like how do you how, how do, do you how do you define it how do you yeah. safety culture? <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> how do you how do you measure it how do you yeah <laughs> yes Oh, my word. These things are so um, important, and yet we wouldn't be talking about it if we had it all figured out. Right, right. 
because, you know, because for you go online and you look at Forbes, you look at Harvard Business Review, mm-hmm. you look at, uh, you know, any, any of these major um, publication, public, you know, publishers mm-hmm. right. around the world, and there are numerous books on leadership, culture. In fact, I saw uh, a reputable source the other day, and they said 1.4 million books are published every year. Hmm. <laughs> wow. 1.4. And, and so, you know, they, they were advocating, like, how do you stand out? Yeah. How do you make yourself known? Yeah. And I thought, well, that's, that's good. So I'm going to read their book. But <laughs> I, um, <laughs> you know, I, when I was practicing safety and health for my previous employer, I did summarize it into four cornerstones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those four cornerstones, it was, it was management com- commitment, employee involvement, uh, hazard analysis, and safety training. You know, if, if you go on OSHA's website, I think OSHA has like seven principles of a safety management system. If you go on to the Association of Industrial Hygienists of America, they're going to have their, they have a really nice 50-page document on safety culture for construction companies, actually. AIHA yeah, yeah. published one. Uh, if you go on to CPWR, the Center for uh, Construction Health, uh, Safety and Research, mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're a subsidiary of, of NIOSH, the National Institute of Occupational yeah. Safety and Health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you go on to CPWR's website, uh, Dr. Linda Goldenhar, she has done uh, volumes of uh, research and studies on safety culture. And there's an obvious interest in this topic because of the amount of publicized material mm-hmm. related to how to have a good safety culture, or how to just have a good culture at your company in general. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, every business leader wants to connect with their teams and have a high-performing organization, mm-hmm. not just with safety, but overall. Yeah. They want to have the really highest-performing, most competitive, best of the best, right. and yet, you know, we, we still, Pinnacle Assurance, for example, uh, workers' compensation in Colorado you know, we have over 44,000 claims back mm-hmm. in 2019. Mm-hmm. We had over uh, over 10,000 claims in strains, like musculoskeletal disorders, yeah. Yeah. and paid out over $80 million in strain claims just in 2019 alone. Hmm. So you, can, you can't tell me that there's not an interest uh, for organi- organizations yeah. to get people to do things the right way, the right. safe way, right. the best way. There, you know... Otherwise, yeah, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So right. We'd, we'd have I, figured it out. You know, yeah, we'd be sitting on a beach somewhere yeah, we or something. Yeah, we would have already figured it out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, management commitment, employee involvement, hazard analysis, and safety training. Mm-hmm. Sure, those four cornerstones are key elements, but then you got to dig deeper. You need to learn. I need to learn better. Like, what does it mean management commitment right what does it mean to get my employee engaged mm-hmm. Spencer I can't just tell you well you need to be uh, more engaged as a CEO right so, right right like how, like how do you like then you'd be like okay well how do I do that right 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 <laughs> I'm trying right I'm already do I think I'm doing good right but you know how do, how do we measure that how do you well measure you didn't it? have incidents right. 
yeah. <laughs> so that's where we get, then we get into quantifying and metrics and mm-hmm. data analysis and gosh, you know, now people are talking about data science and blockchain and I mean, you know, this, this is where the world's headed right. and it's a fascinating. fascinating time to live it, in. It really yeah. is. It's it's a very fascinating time, and I, I think you're I think you're exactly right. Is is that yeah we haven't yet uh, perfected the recipe, so to speak, and there's a lot of different cookbooks, uh, if you will, out there <laughs> sure. or, or recipes um, yeah. that are that are yeah. out there to be able to then piece it together. But it it at the end of the day, there's all these definitions then need to come into introspection as a company to know where you're at. Good point. You know the 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 take take an inventory as to where you're at, what what you're going towards, and then making those commitments to be able to then take steps, action steps to be able to move towards that vision that you want to become. And and knowing that that is also a dynamic situation too, right? Where sure. yeah, where where we're at as a company right now, and, and how we're going going to work strategically on building our safety culture means something in one piece of time that that next year will be something different because presumably we will have evolved and we will have grown and we will have been challenged and we'll learn new things because we're we're constantly on that yeah. path and and um and to keep it keep it front burner and to make that commitment to safety culture part of part of that I believe is also yeah the continual reassessment and and uh you know, looking at yeah, looking yeah. at job hazard analysis, not as as uh, templates. You know that every situation is unique. We we learn from our past. We we uh, we anticipate the yeah. the problems that we might face in the future, but we live in the now, and and we spend that yeah. time to be able to really analyze where we're at, to make sure that the future of all the imp- you know the, the the probabilities and and all the concerns are mitigated, so that we can have yeah safety within our people, within our workforce, within our property, and within our, all of our projects um, out there. So it's, yeah. it's really, it's, it, you're, you're right, man. It's, it's, it's a very interesting time uh, to be a part with, <laughs> with all this data that, yeah. that's also coming up and, and uh, looking right. at it in different cross sections and trying to make the best decisions that we can. Um, it's really, yeah, it's, I think you're right. Neat. Making, making informed decisions. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John, yeah. I'm I'm curious to um, what do you do for fun? What's a what's a a safety <laughs> professional do for fun? <laughs> well, do you do you also do uh, a a, a, a a root cause analysis or a, a, a job hazard analysis on when you go out for the weekends or? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. And of course, I I make the proper selection of you know personal protection. Correct. Equipment. Correct. <laughs> correct. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a great, uh, great segue. Um, yeah, I, I really actually enjoy, uh, I, I enjoy getting outside. Yeah, outdoors. So, well, um, Colorado, do, you're right yeah, there, it, aren't you? Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the Rocky Mountain Front Range right now. Well, from thanks. My, my office thanks for that. Here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and, I can uh, see traffic yeah, out my window. Is what I see. So. <laughs> Right, but you know, Colorado, of course, uh, beckons yeah. uh, the uh, spirit of those who like adventure, mm, and mm. Um, even even just you know, even just walking around uh, our neighborhood and uh, walking, you know, spending time with my wife Prudence mm-hmm. and enjoying uh, nature. We we both very much enjoy that. Uh, we also got our scuba diving 
lessons. Um, oh, terrific. Certifications. Wow. Uh, and back, yeah. That, so we're both certified scuba divers. We did that in uh, Cozumel, Mexico, was mm. our last dive site. And yeah. that was uh, beautiful to see the coral down there. I'd never mm. um, seen, like, Palancar Gardens and such. Yeah. Um, that was that was neat. And <laughs> we did go scuba diving in, in uh, Maui and uh, the Big Island and saw mm-hmm. the, the giant um, manta rays that oh. uh, would swoop in, uh, you know, with the, eating the plankton. Yeah. Um, while we we shine these lights uh, at night and wow. they swoop in over our heads, eating. yeah, that the, was neat. And, you get to watch a buffet right in front of you, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know it was. <laughs> so that's fascinating. Um, wow. I occasionally go snow, snowboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, we we love gardening. We have uh, you know a large garden in our front front yard and backyard actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's terrific. And you know. Um, so, you know, cycling, I went for a 10-mile bicycle ride this morning just to stay active. You know, with this, yeah. uh, working more from home, I, yeah. it's so important to, to me to stay uh, healthy and active and get my steps in every day. And, you know, I think that helps not only mentally and, and physically, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, very well-rounded, very well-rounded perspective on things, John. And I think um, yeah, the, you're, you're rooted in, in logic and reason. Um, through through all your comments oh, thanks, that, that you made today, no, no, it's yeah. it's it's your approach to things, and and um, and I think yeah. that's that's the right approach, and especially when you talk about a, a, a topic like uh, you know safety, is is uh, to be yeah. Yeah, rooted, very strongly rooted in those principles, um, helps to ensure the best possible outcomes that we can on our job sites. Um, I'm I'm right. curious too, in in. Um, one last question I'd like to ask is is uh if you had the yeah. opportunity to to go back and and uh talk to your your yourself at 19 years old as as you're there um, yeah. you know prostrate on on your uh your your parents living room floor and and thumbing through the newspaper <laughs> uh want ads and and you had yeah. a, a a little bit of wisdom that you could share with that younger version of yourself what do you think you might say what would you whisper in your own ear so to speak. Yeah. Um, great question. Uh, what I would tell myself is, is to slow down. Mm. And when you, when, when I stop and reflect on what does that mean to, to slow down right. is the fact that, um, I recently watched something on LinkedIn, and I, I don't recall the uh, professional, but mm-hmm. uh, he was giving um, a nice presentation on like regaining the lost second of every day. Okay. And, you know, uh, so slowing down, uh, taking a breath, I think we took a deep breath uh, even prior right. to starting our, our, inter- our interview today. Yes. You know, if, if we are, <clears throat> if we're putting so much expectation on development and, and what I mean by that is mm-hmm. development is important right, physically because that's our profession but also right. development uh, personally you yeah. know if, if we're so focused on acquiring as quickly as possible we're going to make an error and, and that's what I did mm. and mm. while it's you know it, mm. it's I've had the opportunity to, to make lemonade out of my experience yeah um you know reflecting back you know i I just slow down and Hmm. uh, take that second to breathe deeply 
and really think uh, before you before you make a decision. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That that's uh, you just gave me goosebumps, John, because that, I think that's that's wisdom for all all uh, factors of life. Yeah. Is, is we um, to be mindful? You know, is, is really the the, the right. end game. There is is to be present in that moment and to think through and don't. And to don't, yeah, yeah, don't don't shortcut yourself, don't shortcut others, and and do the right thing. Uh, and you know, sometimes again, yeah, the, the, it's the way that the the cards are dealt, uh, regardless of how right. present you were. Um, but sure. uh, to try to do with what's within our power to be able to control, um, and let right. let God do the rest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> I know it's true. Yeah, we we hmm. yeah we uh, need to give homage to um, the bigger picture. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, John, um, I want to thank you again for for sharing your story, sharing your wisdom, um, sharing your inspiration uh, and and pathway sure. um, to to our contractors across America. Um, it's it's really been a great pleasure to reconnect with you and, and help to. Uh, um, Help to help to talk and and help to um, get this message out there in a, uh, through the podcast vehicle. So thank you, sir. Yes, thank you for the opportunity, Spencer. I'm uh, humbled that you've reached out to me to listen to my story, and I really do hope that uh, by sharing some of those uh, insights, uh, that it will uh, proliferate throughout uh, our IEC culture. Amen. Amen. And. <laughs> And thank okay. you to all of our listeners out there. This has been another installment in the second season of the IEC podcast series, The Electrical Current. You can check us out over at ieci.org. And if you're interested in career opportunities within the electrical and systems industry, jump over to myelectriccareer.com. That's myelectriccareer.com to learn more and start on your path to achieve your dreams. <laughs>